Hello everyone and welcome to the newest episode of the Read Right to Left podcast. I am G from Simply G, joined by my always wonderful co-host Ray from Whimsical Pictures. Happy to be here. (laughs) And this month we are going to be talking about a newly released in English in print series called Blue Flag. It's also recently completed in Japanese. Um, so we'll, there will be two halves to this podcast, the first being mainly focused on this first volume, what happens in that, and our general thoughts on this series, and then we'll go into spoilers and answering your questions a little bit later. So hopefully people who are wanting to avoid spoilers can do so, and hopefully uh, you get you guys interested in reading the series. Yeah. Uh, so this series, Blue Flag... Uh, is a total of eight volumes, and it's just recently finished. The eighth volume isn't out in print in Japanese yet. Uh, But this series was running digitally on the Manga Plus app. Uh, Yes. So it has been legally available in English for the entirety of its run, with, like, just gradually deleting chapters, I guess, in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. really only, like, the first few and then the last few from what I saw at any given time. Yeah. Um, So the entirety of the series has been released in English, but it is not, unfortunately, available to read, uh, which is why we wanted to kind of split it into a non-spoiler section for those who are following the print release now. Uh, Mm -hmm. with the first volume having just come out, and a spoiler section for those of us who have been following the series uh, the whole time through the Manga Plus app, uh, or in Japanese. Yes, and both Rai and I have read the entirety of the series. I was reading it through Manga Plus. It was one of their debut titles. It didn't have all of the chapters initially, but they did at one point have all of the chapters available, so I read that way. And then Ray has been reading it uh, by the Japanese volumes, so we do know <laughs> like what, <laughs> what's going to happen and how it ends. We're just and I think we're just making up everything that happens after volume one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Kaito's most recent series. It's a um, high school drama romance coming of age story focused on really three main characters but there is an additional fourth character who is kind of in the main group as well as their classmates and the people around them in their life it is very very good (laughs) i think just as a general um you know opinion on it um but it's a little bit different from some of the stuff in the genre that people are more familiar with and hopefully Um, more people or people will try it now that it is available via print it's one that i had heard before reading it i had heard a lot of really good things mainly from like the spanish fans because this did get a print release a lot earlier in um, some other non-english speaking countries and so that's how i was aware of the series um and ray (laughs) I I don't quite remember how you came across the series or why um, you started reading it. Well, I think the reason that I finally like caved in and picked up the first volume was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll take that, I'll take the um, blame for that. 
before that, there's a uh, there's a Japanese language learning uh, YouTube channel. Um, mm -hmm. I forget what it's called, but the girl who runs it is called Misa. Mm -hmm. um, and she had recommended it as for Japanese practice. Um, and I remembered that recommendation when I was like talking to you about the series. And mm -hmm. that was, I think, the first time that I had heard about it. Um, there has had been quite a bit of buzz about the series around like Japanese language learning, mm -hmm. um, Twitter and YouTube, uh, because I, I do agree that it's very good for like language practice if you're at like an mm -hmm. N3-ish level. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> that's how I found it. And the covers are just like gorgeous. So you see they them are. in a bookstore and you're like, uh, well, how can I not buy that? <laughs> yeah, it's a very beautiful series. Uh, something that Kaito is very, very good at, I think, is is their artwork. It's it's very captivating. And I think we we can talk a little bit about the art, um, especially when we're answering questions, because we got a couple um, in regards to the art yeah. a little bit later. Just briefly, I want to uh, mention uh, we are using they-them pronouns for Kaito because their gender is not, like, publicly been made available. A lot of mangaka are very private, mm -hmm. um, Kaito being one of them. Uh, it's kind of a pet peeve for me, and I think you as well, when <laughs> there's, like, a ton of just, like, random speculation about... I've seen people, like, you know, because of this, Kaito's a girl, because of this, Kaito's a guy, and it's like, mm -hmm. we don't know. They don't no. want us to know. They would have <laughs> made that information public if they wanted it to be public. So, yes. like, please yeah. respect them. Respect their privacy, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to throw that tiny little PSA out there. And especially in regards to some of the things that come up in, in our discussion on this later, I think it's because it's hard to s speculate intent when you don't know much, if anything, about the mangaka yeah. behind it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just just a preemptive warning there. Yeah. Um, so, I guess we should summarize a little bit about what Blue Flag is and um, who these characters are. Yeah, um, so we've got uh, the main character, his name is Taichi. Um, mm -hmm. He's kind of like a I guess a bit of a loser, high school loser. He's, this starts right at the start of his final year of high school. Um, and everybody's final year when they're finding out who their classmates are. Um, and he is very bitter. He's very like, you know, I'm at the bottom of the high school food chain and that's just how it is. And if I accept that about myself, mm -hmm. then maybe I can hate the world a little less, but yeah. he's very jaded. Um, you know, he hangs out with his little loser friends who just talk about video <laughs> games. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and basically on this first day when they have their new classes and their new classmates, he gets, Confronted by two different people on the same day. Mm. Um, we have his childhood best friend, Toma, who he's had sort of a falling out with in the last couple of years because 
Toma is the grade A. Um, I think you had said all American boy, and like <laughs> even though this isn't American, America, <laughs> it, this isn't America, but that is the vibe. He's you know he's on the baseball team. He's like the baseball team's ace. He's you know got good grades. You know he's good at everything he tries to do. He's social. He's that popular kid who's popular because he genuinely wants to be friends with everybody. Yeah, you know? he's just a all around nice guy and and very non judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone kind of gets along with him very very well. Yep, my sunshine boy. <laughs> um. <laughs> And so they haven't been in the same class for a few years. So Toma's like, oh my god, Taijan. Like, I haven't <laughs> talked to you in ages. Um, and Taichi's like, why is the top of the food chain talking to the bottom of the food chain? Um, and then he gets confronted by this uh, very shy, awkward, clumsy girl named Futaba who has noticed that he seems to get along well with Toma and she wants to get to know Toma better because she has a crush on him. So she's like, you know, just, just wanting to know like what kind of things make him tick, you know, like mm-hmm. what, what kind of person, person is Toma is. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, basically, through a series of interactions, these three end up sort of in their own little friend triangle, um, along with uh, Futaba's best friend, who is kind of a tough girl named Masumi. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go from there. Yeah, so and... ultimately this is a story about like relationships and friendship and there's a there's an interesting um, narrative or question that kept being asked even from the first um, the first page really about like how do you choose between your friend and your lover mm-hmm. which is very um, relevant throughout the entire series and so the series poses that question and I think tries to muddle through an answer in the best way that it can. Um, yeah. and it's one of the larger themes of the series. It's very much dealing with sort of the ambiguity about, like, how do you define different types of relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. What is the difference between a platonic relationship and a romantic relationship? Is there, you know, you know what is that significant difference? Um, it also talks a lot about relationships between boys and girls and mm-hmm. sort of gender norms, sort of muddling those relationships. Um, I guess, should we spoil the first volume? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's not yeah, really that, so, um, that it's <laughs> not, spoilery. It, it's the central premise, so I guess uh, we'll get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, in So Taichi ends up sort of developing a crush on Futaba. She's very adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, Futaba obviously has a crush on Toma. Uh, and as we learn in the last chapter, I think, of the first volume, uh, mm-hmm. although it's incredibly obvious before that, <laughs> um, my sunshine boy is not subtle. <laughs> uh, Toma does have a crush on Taichi um, and is gay. So 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and also Masumi has a crush on Futaba. So she's the one who sort of confronts them about that. Yeah. yeah pings her gaydar <laughs> on him. <laughs> and so ultimately the series is kind of like a true love triangle, kind of a love square between the, the three or four of them. And obviously the messiness of like not wanting to hurt people who are important to you, but then being true to your own feelings and all of this sort of thing. So that's, there's a lot of drama <laughs> yeah, in the so only much. way that teens can can be dramatic. <laughs> oh, and these teens are like, they're so well written. I absolutely adore every single one of them, even the minor yes. characters. Yes. Uh, well, except for one, but <laughs> we'll get to him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Toma, Taichi, and Futaba, our main three, are definitely the highlight here. They are all yeah. fantastically realized characters. Mm-hmm. I love just like watching their journey and their struggles. Um, yeah, it, through their third year of high school, their final year of high school, as they, you know, yeah, are being forced by enough. yeah, are being forced <laughs> by the environment around them to decide what they want to do with the rest of their life mm-hmm. um even though none of them really have any idea so <laughs> i think you know that's relatable to anyone <laughs> yeah i think that that's the greatest thing about this series is all of the characters really are very relatable in lots of different ways and you can see parts of yourself or parts of people you know or knew um in every single character there's a lot there's a lot that I think is very true to life, more so than perhaps other series in this same kind of genre. And for this demographic, for a shonen series, it's quite, um, it has a little bit of a different sensibility compared to perhaps what other people think of as like shonen romance stuff. Yeah, it, it honestly, it has like an, air all its own it almost feels like a drama series like a Mm j-drama or something Mm -hmm. um and it just feels very grounded uh kaito's art helps a lot i think um their art is very there's a lot of attention to detail in it um Mm -hmm. i know i was sending a panel to you that was from like the first chapter of just like futaba and Taichi sitting down in their classroom to start class, and there's just a little detail of Futaba like sliding her skirt under her legs. Yeah. Um, which I feel like, especially in shonen manga, that detail gets forgotten a lot. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but like, very real <laughs> if you've ever yeah, worn a yes. skirt. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's also, I mean, it's it's a well known saying of like a picture tells a thousand words um and that's unfortunately not something that always is utilized to the best of its ability in manga despite being a very um visual kind of medium where there's a lot of subtlety in the art where things don't have to be spelled out for the audience which i think is really really nice um most notably in the first volume you have um you have 
Tai Chi's friends asking him why he doesn't like Futaba because initially he really doesn't like her and mm-hmm. he doesn't quite have an explanation for them as to why but you see just through the art you see that he doesn't like her because he sees himself in her and there's a a picture of him looking at his reflection in the glass in the window glass mm-hmm. and you know that it's like Oh, that's why he hates her, because he hates himself. Okay. Yeah, because there's, like, the, um, sort of, uh, what's the word? The mirror, I guess, of him getting, he he drops his books or something, and he gets called clumsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his friends are like, why do you hate that Futaba girl so much? And he's like, I mean look at her she's like she's so cringe um Mm. i don't know how the english translation goes but (laughs) um (laughs) the uh that that's the idea she's so clumsy like i don't know i just feel super cringe looking at her Mm. um and then like it just goes through like her getting called clumsy because she like spilled her lunch on somebody which Um, wasn't even her fault (laughs) yeah but like he's like oh my god oh my god again she's always (laughs) like this god why is she like this and it's like wow tai chi (laughs) (laughs) hypocrite Um, much i mean i feel that you know sometimes (laughs) sometimes someone is just so similar to you that you just want to barf. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I really love the passage of time within Kaito's mm-hmm. artwork. Um, it's something that like we talk about with Fumi Yoshinaga as well, that she's yeah. really good at just sort of tweaking the facial expression or having the same panel repeat a couple times in yes. order to for comedic effect or dramatic effect or like mm-hmm. uh just to show the passage of time to serve as a kind of beat mm-hmm. um and kaito definitely does that yeah as well like there's so much subtlety in like you know you'll have a few panels just showing a character's shifting gaze to show that this is kind of an awkward lull in the conversation <laughs> yeah. or, you know, that the character is thinking about something other than what is being talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, or that there's sort of different layers of emotion going on all at once. And I really enjoy those sequences of just the very subtle changes in movement and expression and gaze uh within conversations yeah Um, again especially because it manga should be a visual you know experience (laughs) and if you have characters or i mean really you can't explain that with words unless you have a narrator over the top going oh yes they this they weren't thinking about this conversation and and that would just be really heavy-handed and gross and not not well done another similarity i find with yoshinaga's work is that blue flag for as dramatic and like relatable and kind of grounded as it is it is also really funny and i think there's yeah. 
Like, it, it flips very easily between, like, these very hard-hitting emotions of, um, you know, upset and stuff that will make you cry or, like, really, uh, you know, upset. And then within the next page or even within the next couple panels, it's it's genuinely really funny. Honestly, like, that was something that I also appreciated the realism in because mm-hmm. I feel like... In real life, we always just, like, go to making, like, a quick dad joke or something just to lighten the mood if it gets too heavy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, wasn't there that, that part where, um, I think in the first volume or the second, mm-hmm. where Futaba is, like, talking to Taichi and she, like, starts, like, bawling the poor girl and it's very dramatic. Um, and she, like, ends it. She's like, and then Toma, like, um, said we should get these, these, these keychains that are all matching. And, like, it's the, it's the fish from the movie. And if you squeeze it, the guts come out. <laughs> yeah. And then there's just a beat volume. and she squeezes it and the guts come out. <laughs> and then they both just start laughing. And that just felt very, I don't know real yeah. true to life um, she, she, she's like oh and this it i saw these and it made me think of you and he's like the, the <laughs> fish with the guts coming out made you think of me why did it make you think of me and it's like really i love funny. that they're like their their group chat with the four of them is also called fish guts <laughs> um it's little details like that, because I feel like that's the kind of, like, in-joke that, like, you would name your group chat with your specific group of friends after. Exactly. Um, like, it's it's very, <laughs> very true to life. <laughs> so, yeah. That's... Uh, Blue Flag is a, I think, a fantastic series. I cried a lot. <laughs> I laughed a lot. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I stopped and took pictures of various panels because they were so pretty a lot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i think we both recommend it very highly yeah Uh, it's definitely something that if you're not i i think if you're not really a fan of this genre it's one to check out because it's a little bit unlike a lot of the stuff that yeah um is coming out regardless of its shoujo or shonen romance stuff. Um, yeah, I also honestly, think... there's like very few people I wouldn't recommend it to. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty broad in its appeal. It's broad, and it also has like just a generally really likable cast, or uh, at least main characters. Um, mm-hmm. And it can be so hard sometimes to find. A, a whole like main cast of characters where you really like every single one of them and you want the best for all of them despite all of their issues and you know all the drama that's yeah. happening in their lives <laughs> yeah uh i also let appreciate that um it's a pretty like in terms of gender split it's a pretty even cast like extended mm-hmm. cast and we see a lot of different variety in the female cast members as well as the male and i feel like there's not really any difference in how any particular gender is portrayed in the series which is uh not always the case with with shonen romance yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they they all have very distinct personalities 
as well, which mm-hmm. is really nice to see. I think, yep. again, because... They all more... have very distinctive ways of talking as well, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they sound like yeah. teenagers. They sound like teenagers. Uh, yeah, it's... Like, I don't know, something I noticed, at least in the Japanese volumes, is that, like, how easy it was to tell who was talking at any given moment, even if, you know, a conversation is happening without any characters on the page, so there's no indication of who's speaking. It mm-hmm. was easy to tell just from, like, the style of speaking. Yeah. Um, because everyone has a very different voice, which I think is fairly rare, I think, honestly, in fiction in general, but especially manga um, yeah, often yeah, doesn't yeah. achieve that level of, I guess, quality in the dialogue. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate that as well. Mm. So, so shall we spoil? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think head into later um, <laughs> stuff. So if you are someone who doesn't want to be spoiled for the entirety of the series thanks for hanging out with us <laughs> i hope this conversation so far has gotten you interested in trying the series um and for those who don't care about spoilers or ha- have read the entirety of the series like uh us then keep <laughs> keep listening stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> don't touch that dial <laughs> uh all right, so we've given sort of our general opinions about the series as a whole. I guess, should we mm-hmm. go into kind of what happens in terms of the plot the rest of the series? I think so. Um, yeah, there's it's a drama series, so it's not like it's super like plot-oriented. It's not like <laughs> Devil's Line last month where we're like, and then this <laughs> happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And then... And then they um, overthrew the government, and you're like, oh god. And then they overthrew the government, and then the prime minister got shot, and then the second <laughs> prime minister got shot, and then the third prime minister got shot. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, romance! Yeah. So, uh, it's not quite like that. It's more just kind of the general progression of their last year of high school. Uh, but there's certainly plenty of drama to go around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> so I think ultimately we have this this love triangle that does, you know, feature our main three characters, Toma Taichi and Futaba. Uh, for mm-hmm. a majority of the series, Toma's feelings aren't made evident to to Taichi or Futaba, um, and. Uh, I mean, only because they're idiots. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah. (laughs) They're they're self-absorbed teenagers. We all were. Um, But a little later in the series, um, despite realizing... We we mentioned earlier that that Taichi does start to develop feelings for Futaba, despite trying to also help her with with Toma. And... uh, once it gets to uh, Futaba, kind of try, reflects on her relationship and her her interest in Toma quite a bit, mm-hmm. and realizes that she's not actually romantically or as interested in him as she thought, and more so 
she is interested in who he is and wanting to be like him. She sees him more as a role as a role model versus like actually mm-hmm. being in love with him. And yeah, from... and like trying to get close to him for her, like the true. She thought that like her feelings of wanting to get close to him were like, oh, this must be a crush. But once she like examined her feelings further in comparison to her feelings for Tai Chi, she's kind of like oh, I wanted to get close to him metaphorically. I wanted to be closer to the kind of person that he is because he has everything that I want to be. Yeah, he's sort of her ideal person. And then conversely, Toma definitely has, sees her as kind of like a idealized version of who he would want to be if he was, Mm -hmm. because he sees... Like he that he doesn't have a chance with Tai, or he believes that he doesn't have a chance with Tai Chi, and so mm-hmm. he sees her as like you are everything that I want to be, to be with the person that I care about, romantically. Um, so it's a really interesting dynamic that those two have. Um, a- around volume three ish, we have uh, Futaba and Tai Chi start dating, um, which is. Again, was it four? Okay. Um. Yeah. Just big during during his fireworks festival. Fireworks birthday. (laughs) Um. Kind of the peak. The peak. Um. Dating sort of situation. Um. And then so a lot of the later part of the series. Uh, does have those two as a couple, but that does not mean that the drama stops. <laughs> no. Not at all. No, 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 no. Uh, and then we also have like uh, a significant ensemble cast within the series. I think some of the strongest characters who are present in the series are mm-hmm. uh, not in the main trio. Um, so I guess first we kind of have. Um, Toma has a pretty complicated family situation. Uh, so, uh, and, and I think part of the reason that he ended up so close to Tai Chi was the fact that Tai Chi helped him through his parents' uh, death, death and, when, and getting when through the grief of that. Kids. Um, so they died in a car accident. Um, when was, that was like, was Lynn at sixth grade for them? Um, uh, I think it was Shoroku. Sixth it was grade. sometime in elementary school. Like, it was not long after Taichi kind of met him. Yeah. And um, so since then, Toma has been living only with his older brother and his wife. So yes. his older brother's name is Seiya, and the wife's name is Akichan. I think it's Akiko. Mm-hmm. But Akio, Aki. I think. Yeah. Akito, I think. But, um, yeah, so, and he, they have, they have kind of a messy, but ultimately loving relationship, I think. Mm-hmm. Kind of, Seiya's trying his goddamn best, but <laughs> he, you know, he can't quite make up the difference, and I think mm-hmm. that that leads to a lot of tension in Toma's life. Um, I think that he still very much feels like Aki-chan is an intruder on their family. Mm -hmm. He also feels like, um, he feels sort of inferior to Aki-chan in some way. 
Yeah, I think right. because despite say, cause say it really, you know, he has to replace both parents as a significantly mm. older brother. I think it's like 10 years difference, something like that. Yeah. Um, so he really had to step up to the plate. And Aki-chan, through that also, like, she she stepped in as sort of this mother figure for for Toma and obviously in emotional support for Seiya as well. Um, but in the, in the same way, Toma didn't have that opportunity to support his brother. He's, he's seeing himself as, mm-hmm. like, being babied by those two. Or, which, mm-hmm. you know, is understandable because he was a <laughs> lot younger. <laughs> like, he was yeah. a child. Um, but it's meant that he feels, I think, just overly protected by them now. And, yeah. like, they've controlled his life ever since. Which I also is... think he feels like he's kind of a third wheel in his own house. Yeah, it's um, like, oh, I don't want to impact on your relationship, your happy marriage, yeah. or whatever. Especially when, because Aki-chan is pregnant um, mm-hmm. during the whole of the series, we only find this out a little later, but um, I think he very much feels like I shouldn't be here intruding on this family that I'm not mm-hmm. actually a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, Seiya doesn't feel that way. He feels like he needs to take care of his little brother. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I can definitely see how from Thomas' perspective that would be very suffocating. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since Seiya has a bit of a habit of... Uh, <laughs> being an older brother. <laughs> well, being, being an older brother shit. and also, like, <laughs> because he doesn't completely understand what's going on in Thomas' life, he has a habit of saying the absolute worst thing. <laughs> um... <laughs> You know, it's a 100% guarantee that Tomo will never be honest with him, um, yeah. even though that's what he, he wants, is for Tomo to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not his fault. No. <laughs> but um, it's not Tomo's fault either. No. Um, and I think that's something that is very... It, because of the, the difficult situation that they're in, that they don't have parents to fall back on, and that they are more... Like, they're siblings, and you're mm-hmm. not inherently going to have the same relationship with a sibling that you would have with a parent, even if that sibling's mm-hmm. the one raising you. Um, it's just... Yeah. They're they're both <laughs> trying their best, but <laughs> you know, family yeah. stuff can be so hard. And ultimately I just, like, they care about each other, but oh man. I I really love that part. Um later on some source of drama is that Toma ends up at a key point in his baseball career breaking a leg. Uh-huh. Um uh and it's all very dramatic and tragic. But um, he ends up in the hospital room getting into a really loud argument with his brother (laughs) um, because he kind of, uh, on his own, decided that he doesn't want to go to college and without really telling his brother about Mm -hmm. any of his plans. Um, Yeah. And Seiya's like, what the fuck do you mean you're not going to college? And, um, you know, Toma's like, 
shut up, you you don't understand, nobody understands. And <laughs> You don't um, have to look at, I'm doing this for you, you don't have to look after me anymore. And you're like, oh my god, boys, boys, it's not the time. Um, and, like, say, uh, like, storms out, like, I'm gonna go cool my head. And um, then, at that moment, Taiji and Futaba wander in, and he's like, Ichinose, you're coming with me. And, like... <laughs> Toma's like, wait, where are you going? And he just turns around and gives him, like, the shittiest stink face. <laughs> and Toma's like, ugh. <laughs> and I was like, that is, that is so, yep. Yep. <laughs> Anyone who has a sibling has had this, this shit. You, like, it's, oh, again, like, the relationships sibling-wise as, as well, are just so true to life. Um, yeah. And speaking of the the actual hospital point, um, Ray did mention that it was very dramatic and, like, because what happens is that Tai Chi runs into the road to save a kitten, a cat, mm-hmm. and then um, Toma sees that he's in the road. He's about to be hit by a car. I'm like, oh my god, you guys. And then he pushes him out of the way and gets hit by the car. And I think it's, it's it parallels, because again, and this is sort of the, the high drama aspect, is that Thomas' parents died in a car accident where they swerved to miss someone who ran out into the road. And so mm-hmm. Tai Chi has, like, a lot of guilt over that. Like, he's so, like broken up because he's like oh no I brought up like so many bad memories and you know I I caused this and he's he's really upset to think um not only what what he's done to Toma necessarily but also how Seiya will react to and like this whole traumatic um background of their parents dying and um Toma is just like I'm just glad you know I'm happy that you're you're safe and like nothing nothing really bad happened and then he and Toma Toma Taichi's even as again more upset of what Seiya will say and um and ready to be blamed for like hurting Toma physically hurting as well as emotionally hurting him and yeah and so it's like um, no don't worry about it like he's he's an idiot it's his own fault like why would you know don't don't <laughs> get upset over this um but he was also like you know to be honest i just want to punch both of you but also <laughs> yeah. you're just dumb kids so uh-huh. <laughs> but uh so the baseball thing that was happening was basically they just advanced through the second round to get into essentially nationals is what mm-hmm. they're trying to get into um which their schools doesn't have a good baseball team, so that's very like, <laughs> oh my god, like there's a chance yeah. we could actually make it. Um, and so what he misses, I believe, is the third round. Um, mm. And if they had won that game, then they would make it to nationals. And essentially, he says he wants to touch the dirt of the Koshien baseball field. Yeah. Um so without their ace, um, they do end up uh losing pretty pretty squarely. Um, <laughs> defeated. 
and uh yeah so and he had said when he was a kid you know that his dream was to be a baseball player and tai chi kept that in his head the whole time i wonder if the reason that he thought that toma's dream wouldn't have changed is that you know somewhere in his heart his childhood dream of like making toys and stuff never changed maybe even though he wouldn't let him like let himself think about it but um yeah he's like wasn't it your dream to like be a baseball player and toma's like not no (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't i have gotten into a better baseball high school if i wanted to be a baseball player (laughs) um but i also think that seeing taichi's life um in danger like that caused him to sort of rethink his priorities a little bit as well Mm -hmm. so it's like by the time they had that conversation he was in a place where he was like i am just happy that you're alive Mm -hmm. so uh so complicated (laughs) drama drama um so that's his brother and his brother's wife uh aki-chan is like she's an english tutor um Mm -hmm. she spent time overseas and she has very strong english tutor vibes (laughs) (laughs) um which is great she's cool Mm. um so I guess the next most important character we get introduced to is actually she becomes more prominent during this whole hospital thing because along with Taichi, she's the other character who shows up every day to visit Toma. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, so she is, her name is Mommy. She's sort of like, I feel like in any other series, she'd be like the Regina George. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> she's in love with Toma, like very uh powerfully in love with Yeah, Toma. she's she's very vocal about it and she like yeah. everyone's aware of it, including Toma. Like but they're also really close friends despite that. Yeah. And she's always angry at this other like jock kid they hang out with named Kensuke, who's always like I love you, mommy. Trying to ask her and, out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she's like, I've told you no 7,000 times. <laughs> um, but basically, she's popular. She hangs out with the popular kids. She's sort of conventionally beautiful. But mm-hmm. there's she's the kind of popular where, like, everyone's always, like, whispering behind her back about, like, what mm-hmm. a slut she is or, like, yeah. how she's, she's, you know. the biggest bitch and, like, uh, all of her friends are boys because, you know. Yeah. We all always, know why. Always up to something, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, uh, I don't know, between her and Toma, she's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I adore I her. her. uh because after this whole debacle um she kind of has the same idea as futaba has i think it's just like taichi's obviously best friends with toma so Mm -hmm. uh you know if i talk to him more maybe i can you know be better friends with toma Mm -hmm. um 
And, uh, but she ends up, like, getting in with Taichi's little geek friends. Um, yeah, playing games with and them. She and gets, like, yeah, actively... she gets, yeah, she, like, she gets really into, like, video games. And, you know, she, <laughs> yeah, she's just talking about video games with them. They play video games together all the time. Uh, and she just genuinely wants to be in their friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the outside, everyone's like, oh, my God, she's trying to, like steal Futaba's boyfriend or like she's trying to like ruin yeah. their friendship and like get in between all and you're like, oh my god guys oh my god yeah so um <laughs> some of them were even like she's trying to get with Yorkie and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> like okay uh he wishes <laughs> <laughs> um that might be cute actually they might mm. fit personality wise <laughs> um they both kind of know what they want out of life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so all these ugly rumors start about her, and Tai Chi ends up confronting her, like, hey, don't get between me and Futaba, and she's, like, goes off. Because she's, like, how, yeah. how dare you think that I want anything more than just to, like, be friends mm-hmm. um and it becomes this whole thing and they end up having to have like a, a sit-down chat with like what Futaba and Masami and Toma and uh Kaichi all mm. together and Mommy mm-hmm. has this like incredibly awesome like monologue talking about <laughs> like double standards and like um you know, why can't I just want to be friends with a boy? Why does it have to be weird? Because mm. he's a boy and I'm a girl. Mm. You know, she definitely seems like the kind of person who's just always gotten along more with the boys. And she's upset that that's not okay now. That yeah, they're teenagers. She's like, why is this a thing? Yeah, you it's know? and I, I really love it because obviously even as a reader like you you go in with preconceptions of this character yeah. type you think that she's going to be like the bitchy rival girl who is like the one who starts the rumors and who does this that yeah. and whatever else and it's only when this kind of monologue and and her like exploding at everyone about like the hypocrisy mm-hmm. of it all where even us as readers is like, oh shit, like, yeah, I was doing that too. (laughs) Yeah, right? I was, like, spending the whole series, like, she's kind of annoying. (laughs) Like, is she gonna do anything except pine after Toma? But, Mm -hmm. yes, she is. (laughs) You know, she's got a whole life. Toma's just one of her friends that she has to have a crush on. Mm Mm-hmm. We see later on, because she has a very close, like, long-standing friendship with um, uh, Shingo, and he's kind of the only guy who understands, like, her, and that she is Mm -hmm. just, like, wanting to be friends with guys, and then because of that, you know, girls have always shunned her, so she's always been closer with guys, and yada, yada, yada. So those two have, are, like, kind of uh, established, like ride or die type of friends like you understand yeah. me and I understand you and that's why we've stuck yeah. together for so long yeah their thing's cute yeah so I guess like the 
main to like others in that friend group. There's also these two girls who like I never remember their names. Um, <laughs> the one who's always like, "Oh my god, that's hilarious," oh and the god. other one. <laughs> Ooh, burn! Isn't Shingo dating one of them? Yes, one of them is dating Shingo, yeah. and then the other one's just like their friend, like Her another friend. girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so there's those two girls and then there's Kensuke and Shingo um and yeah Shingo is like long-standing friends with mommy he kind of like gets where she's coming from I guess mm-hmm. um you know I wish he'd be a bit more opinionated like she is <laughs> <laughs> he's we'll get to him uh but yeah so and i kind of like that their relationship is kind of like i think did he have a crush on her at some point i don't remember um i think Um, maybe but they're they realize like no we're just better friends um and i feel like her whole like monologue is almost like a turning point in the series where i was like this is so good (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um and then I think that's about the entire cast, yeah, those isn't are it? Really? Yeah, there's not really anyone else who's worth mentioning that like impacts <laughs> the story. <laughs> well, like there's, um, there's, there's Kensuke's absolute goddess of a girlfriend, Tomoe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One chapter, um, and she stole the show. She's incredible. Also, <laughs> those two, like who were in the like the makeup club or whatever, the yeah. previous year, the two twins. Oh, yeah. I want, like, an entire series that's just a spinoff about them. <laughs> they were pretty great. Um, another series, <laughs> again, we're talking of, like, female, like, the great range of female personalities in Kaito's manga. If you haven't read it, Cross Manage, which is an earlier <laughs> work of theirs, is about a female high school lacrosse team, and all of those girls are wonderful, too. It's very different from Blue Flag, but if you like <laughs> Kaito's character writing... And you like girls, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's been on my list for a while since I started Blue Flag. I was like, I need to read more by Kaito. <laughs> yeah, and that one uh, is for people um, who are wanting to read it. The entirety of it, it's only five volumes long, is on Shonen Jump, um, their app. So, yeah, it's not a huge investment of time. It's pretty solid, and there needs to be more sports series about girls teams uh so yeah in essence i really don't have any major problems with the series up through like volume six or so mm-hmm. uh but we can get into the uh the controversial territory i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> um first of all i guess should we spoil how it ends sure um I think, yeah, well, so, uh, the, the ending was so divisive, and I think a lot of people were very vocal about it, so it's, like, if you are not worried about spoilers, you've probably already seen some, sort of the reaction to the ending of the series. Yeah, so, uh, the last chapter is a little ambiguous, um, and it's mm. done in this weird, like, experimental first-person way, but... It's pretty clear that... Um, oh, and, and Futaba and Taichi break up after two years. 
um, mm-hmm. which they they had a strong run of it. Like that's yeah. what two and a half years together. Uh-huh. Um, people are like, oh my god, I can't believe they broke up, and I'm like, they started yeah. dating in high school. They were <laughs> yeah, that's... each other's first first relationship, and it lasted over <laughs> two years. Like that's pretty good. <laughs> Um, and I think they were both, like, a really important, like, growth point in each other's lives, and that's kind mm-hmm. of the point. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, uh, the last chapter, again, is done in this very sort of ambiguous way, but it seems to be, or I would say it's, it's fairly obvious that, um, Taichi and Toma are now married, yes. um, in the future. Uh, they've got wedding rings. Uh, Toma signs his name down as Ichinose, uh, which is Taichi's surname. Um, and, you know, so that's kind of the end. And I feel like it answers the opening question of, like, who would you choose, your best friend or your lover? And the answer is, I don't have to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, because the, the final chapter, it's really the last two chapters. The, the second last chapter is the end point for the main like high school story. Um, and then the last couple pages of that are like, oh, yes, we broke up after two years. It's been like five years since then. I haven't really spoken to her since. Not because, you know, we it was a messy breakup or anything. We just kind of grew apart and I didn't know what to say to her i didn't know like how we could make a friendship work after this long blah 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 and um we don't at that point we don't really know what what's going on in taichi's life we it's evident he has a partner but we don't know who it is um but he gets a invitation to her wedding uh, futaba's wedding um and he because mm-hmm. he had just recently you know reached out to her on the urging of toma and so now the final chapter is is Futaba's wedding um, to a, a guy we do not know, which is a f- normal. <laughs> like if when your high school friends are getting married, it's usually to people that they were not dating in high school and that you may never have known <laughs> in high school. That's that's how life works. Um, and so it's this wedding. And so Futaba's obviously getting married and we see Masumi and her partner. Um, which was kind of a controversial thing as well, and yeah, so... uh, ultimately you, we have we have this reveal that it's not actually Taichi at the wedding, mainly because he's at another wedding for Amiga, his his other high school friend, and it is yes. Toma um, who's representing the couple at Futaba's wedding. Also, like Taichi is a short king, and <laughs> Toma is. About two feet boy. taller than everyone around him at any given time. So the uh, the first person thing makes it pretty clear that um, unless Taichi is wearing, like, some incredible platform heels. <laughs> just wonderful stilettos. Just the, the tallest <laughs> shoes. Or still. I would respect that power move, honestly. <laughs> Showing up at your ex's wedding with just the tallest platform heels. Dang, what a mood. What a mood. But yeah, so that is the ending that we are sort of leading up to. Um, But in terms of, like, the high school plotline, I guess the main thing that happens that's a turning point in the last third of the series is that 
Uh, Toma kind of comes out in confidence to mommy. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think if you're going to come up, come out to someone in your friend group, she'd be the right one to choose. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he confesses to her. Yeah. I've got a crush on Tai Chi. Um, but unfortunately, uh, because this is a drama series and everything has to be the most dramatic it could possibly be at any time. Uh, his friend, his jock friend, Kensuke, uh, overhears this confession and he is not nearly as chill about it as mommy (laughs) is um and he gets into a fist fight with toma shingo also gets involved they all get suspended for a week and when they come back the the rumors that toma has is gay and in love with taichi have gotten through the entire school as Um, they do if there's like a very a large brawl between friends at at a, the like three of the, the most popular boys in the senior year in during um, the like cultural festival as well like it was during even, the cultural festival it was, it was not a good time to have this like huge fight but anyway and mommy's got like a black eye too so it's yeah, like oh my god were they fighting over her yeah <laughs> uh god but <laughs> Yeah, so things kind of spiral out of control from there. Um, Kensuke is a big issue. He's, as it turns out, very homophobic. (laughs) Um, And we also just see Taichi and Futaba dealing with kind of the... the new information. I think Taichi's struggling less with the fact that Toma's gay and more that his childhood friend has been in love with him all these years. Yeah, I think it's um, more so, it's it's less about like, oh, I dislike that he's gay, but it's more so like he didn't even think about it, he didn't even realize. And mm-hmm. also like, so what does that mean for our relationship at this point? Like, can we still stay friends knowing yeah. that he has And also like, I think you know, like when Futaba's like, you know, no, he's considering you seriously. Like, mm. Taichi is not necessarily disinterested in Toma. Obviously, we no. see from the ending. <laughs> but, like, he'd never considered it as an option, and now that mm. it's on the table, he does have to think about it seriously. Yes. Um, and that's, that's as a good friend would, I think, um, like, regardless of your sexuality, when you are presented with that sort of information of someone you care about, legitimately care about and have for, for years, you, you want to mm-hmm. take them and their feelings seriously. It's not just like, uh, yeah. you know, oh yeah, let's forget this ever happened. Let's never mention it again. And then we also see Futaba dealing with the jealousy of like this person that she's thought of. She's essentially forced into Toma's role where yeah. Toma sees Futaba as this like, ideal partner to Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. And now Futaba has to wrestle with the same thing going the other direction. That Yes. You know, Toma is her ideal and mm. he's in love with her boyfriend. <laughs> and wouldn't they just make a better match, you know? <laughs> and she cares about both of them. Like it's not it's also like if he would be happier with him what am I going to do? Because obviously yeah. I care about 
Taichi, but I also care about Toma. He's a really good friend to me. So, like, yeah. am I getting in the way of this sort of yeah. thing? And that's kind of the way that the rumors spin, too, because mm. of the immense popularity gap <laughs> between Toma <laughs> And Taichi and Futaba is, um, mm-hmm. there's, there's people who are like, oh my god, that's so gross. And then there's the other faction of people who are like, you know, oh my god, why doesn't that love. bitch get out of the way? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, <laughs> I don't, I actually think that the handling of the main love triangle here is really good. Mm-hmm. Um. I really loved, like, the conversation Futaba and Toma end up having about this is. Um, mm. Taichi could communicate better, but I feel like it's realistic <laughs> that he doesn't, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that he just kind of freezes, and he's like, I want to disappear from this earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought Toma and Futaba had a very, like, mature and very cute conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. Um and the resolution both... to the issue was very well done yeah. as well, I think. And in line with the series' major themes. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. I don't have issues with that. Uh, other folks, uh, there's been some controversy around how sort of the surrounding characters end up treating this situation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um... So, for me, and, like, me and G have actually, like, talked extensively about (laughs) uh, this area of the series, and I think that we're both kind of on the same page, but uh, to different degrees, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we argue semantics, we basically agree, but there's, you know, there's certain things that, as personally, you have to assess as to whether they're... A huge issue to you or not um and they're like this series this particular portion of the series is not like there, there's definitely problems and there's definitely a lot that can be validly criticized but then there's also stuff like it but again like with everything like it's a personal like how much will that impact your overall enjoyment of the story the series um and you know the perception of it to yourself and when giving recommendations to the series. Yeah. Um, to put it, like, the most simply in terms of, like, how the sort of clumsier missteps in this latter third uh, affect kind of how I view the series and how I would recommend it with the, like... Mm-hmm. I would recommend it as a really good drama series, but I would not recommend it for LGBT representation necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that it's like hateful or anything, but I think that the flaws in its representation are significant enough that I wouldn't... Like, I, if someone was asking me for a series with good LGBT representation, this isn't the one that I would go to because, you know, we are far from starved for content in that area mm-hmm. right now. and Yes. You know, when it comes down to it, we should expect more. Mm. Um, and then sort of and where, I, where I sit on the issue is that not so, it's not so, like, again, I wouldn't say, like, read this if you're looking for LGBT content. Again, there's a lot that, a lot of very, very good stuff that's coming out right now. We're not 
in you know we're not in this desert of like no lgbt content um but i do think that as kind of a vehicle of normalizing lgbt characters in a more mainstream manga um it's still worth reading and i i still think that a lot of people will find relatability in it despite you know there being some problematic um parts especially in this latter third of how certain issues are handled um but it's not like a series i would recommend if you're wanting you know a realistic or um you know non-problematic lgbt uh thing i think it's just an easier or a good introduction or like (laughs) for people who don't look for lgbt content I think it's one that will appeal to them and perhaps make them more open-minded to better handled LGBT content and like being more open-minded about respecting and wanting to read stories about characters who are within the queer community despite its flaws of of storytelling. Anyway, yeah. Um so in terms of like what exactly these missteps we keep dancing around are, <laughs> uh, so I think the big one comes in one specific chapter. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, this whole thing happens. Thomas still, I think, still suspended, or at least he hasn't come back to school yet. Yeah, he, he um, takes a lot of time off. I mean, he's suspended, but then also is like, I don't want to go back to school with yeah. all this shit going on. <laughs> Yeah, and then also he ends up getting a job and um, sort of severely reducing how often he comes to school after he starts that job. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But basically, Kensuke, Shingo, those two girls... Mm -hmm. uh, they all, like, are, like, you know, we want to talk to Taichi, to Ichinose. And they invite him over to, I think, Kensuke's place. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're like, we're going to talk. And it's like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, I don't really know you guys, and this is kind of awkward. Like, and okay. Well, I think he's like, I am not in a place where I'm ready to talk about this <laughs> on any level. Like, still processing, especially people, man. Especially with people like I don't really know at all, aside from like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> my main like connection to you guys right now is that you punched my best friend in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, so, he basically doesn't talk through the whole thing, which makes sense, but, (laughs) um, but, you know, it makes sense in terms of, like, the realism of how dumb teenagers would, like, handle their feelings, Mm -hmm. um, but it is an issue that they are having a secret meeting to talk about Toma, and Toma is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never really gets a chance to kind of counter the things that are said during this, which mm-hmm. bothers me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. As well as that we don't really have 
Because the main, like, counterpoint to Kensuke's homophobia is these two girls who don't really come across as very opinionated on the subject. They're kind of just, like, you know, they're trying to cease conflict. They're like, you know, but we love Toma, you know, can't he love whoever he loves? He, you know, mm-hmm. he's not doing anything wrong. Um, but it's really annoying to not have someone who's just there in in the corner of like LGBT people in general. Just like <laughs> yeah. um, there are actually arguments that exist for like LGBT inclusion and like not hating LGBT people <laughs> that are not just like let's not inconvenience other people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh and we never really get to hear those arguments and to mm-hmm. me that's a big gap. Um and I just Yeah, I just don't think it's I don't think it's responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, not to include that, especially if you're gonna end with like a gay ending. It's like mm-hmm. obviously you're like gay people are fine, but like you never give them a chance to speak for themselves, you know? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Masumi it's... is so mired in self hatred at this point in her life, and mm-hmm. she does eventually end up with a man, and it's I would say it's. First of all, her husband is pretty heavily transcoded, which is interesting. Um, mm, yeah, there's there's two, I guess, uh, conversations about whether or not her husband is trans or whether or not um, he's, he's cisgendered. And it, I think we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about the ending. I, there's a question in particular I think we'll be answering. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah. But also, like... Um, uh, there's a couple lines in that last chapter that, like, seem to reference Masumi's bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least as, like, a bisexual person reading it, I was like, oh, they're implying she's bisexual, but it's not really clear. Um, yeah, it's just... So basically, Kensuke is like, um... I think gay people are gross, um, guys and girls are fundamentally different and can never get along as friends, um, you know, I fall in love with girls because they're special, Mm -hmm. um, in their special girl way, (laughs) um, spouting all this nonsense, and then drops the bombshell that he thinks gay people are gross because he was molested by a man. Mm -hmm. Um, And his friends immediately are like, ooh, change the subject. Like, they don't, they're like, they don't really talk through that at all. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of there, floating in the ether. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Kaito, what are you... Why did you include this? What is the reason? That's a hell of a thing to include if you don't have something to say about it. Yeah. It's a... And I think, again, this is sort of like the the role and um, I think 
the the need as an author obviously generally you'd hope that everything in your story has a purpose um and narratively speaking versus just like wanting to be realistic about a situation although this isn't inherently realistic um but i think there's also like that kind of issue one it just is kind of like these guys aren't actually that great of friends (laughs) they don't seem to care that much about obviously someone opening up about their trauma um which could be an interesting thing to say about this friend group and where we see them later down the line um of who's still speaking to whom um and then but then obviously like what does this inclusion like with we we talked about devil's line last month about like what does the inclusion of a pedophilic character um yeah mean and and then in sort of retrospect to the general kind of representation of devils as you know minorities with who aren't as problematic yeah um so again like was this i and again, Ray mentioned, we've talked about this a lot, like, off of, <laughs> off recording. <laughs> um, and, and there's ultimately this thing of, like, we, both of us like to assume good faith. I don't think the intention for any of this in, in this conversation is that Kaito thinks that gay people are bad or that, you know, whatever else. But, yeah. And I don't also don't know. want to, like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to assume anything about, like, any marginalized groups that Kaito may or may not be a part of. Exactly. Um, you know, there. it's kind of like there, there's things that, like, in my head, I'm like, this seems like it's coming from someone who maybe is not a part of the LGBT mm-hmm. community, but we don't know. So I want to, like, I guess sort of say very firmly that I don't want to make any assumptions about Kaito. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was just going to say, because we don't, like, neither of us like to assume. We, and generally when it comes to that, you assume in good faith, like, the, that what is presented is done without the intent to be harmful or without the intent for, like, this really negative portrayal of a marginalized group or really problematic, you know, argument being given more credence than you know what they perhaps think and it's whether or not it's just not being able to put their the their actual thoughts on the page in a way that comes across the way they intended like it's it's yeah creation whether it's writing art whatever else is a very difficult process and when you are handling themes like you know lgbt um lgbt individuals it's even i would say even own voices creators can have an issue of like just showing their their experience and so it's like not everything is going to work for everyone even if a creator is from that group and that's why it's important in like series like um, Perfect World, which talks about disability, um, to have multiple voices, to have multiple perspectives, rather than just like mm-hmm. one, and this is correct, and this is 
um, you, you know, we're not going to challenge this at all, despite, you know, other people having different experiences in their life and whether or not that's truly good representation or not. So, yeah, and I yeah. think, like, a lot of the best, like, LGBT manga that we have, um, Our Dreams at Dusk being, I think, the most the peak. stellar example. Yeah. Um, there is this element of community and, like, mm-hmm. many different experiences that um, yes. is so important. And, you know... Talking about disability, you know, this is something we've criticized, for example, like a silent voice for. Yes. Where, yeah. like, you know, if you compare, like, a silent voice and, uh, uh, what's it called? I Hear the Sunspot. I Hear the Sunspot, yeah. Um, the thing that I Hear the Sunspot, to me, has over a silent voice immediately is the presence of the larger deaf community. Mm-hmm. Um, you really can't, like, wrap up, you know, an experience... With just one person, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and Toma and Masami are both very... They're in very negative places in terms of their own sexuality, I think. Yeah. Um, especially Masami, but Toma as well. He thinks of his queerness, his gayness, as a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, like a a stain upon himself. He feels like he's betraying his friend. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, Masami's over here feeling like she can never be happy. Uh-huh. So, um, that is the extent of, think... like, the perspectives we get, really. Yeah, and I think part of that is due to this being a drama. Like, it's, you need that inner conflict well you don't need it but it's an easier way to have um the inner conflict if you aren't that self-assured in your sexuality or identity (laughs) or if you don't see it as a problem which again is problematic but it's not inherently like incorrect either i do think that there are lots of people who i think that there are things within like masumi and toma's experiences that are definitely incredibly relatable Mm -hmm. um even just to me um you know as a bisexual person but i've seen other people like very much relate to like these conversations that masami and toma have about um their sexuality um yeah and toma in particular i really love the way that his insecurity about his sexuality and like being in love with his best friend and you know the feeling of having to keep a secret from everyone is yeah. sort of very much like intertwined with his insecurities about his future you know he mm-hmm. i think is the most aimless out of the main three mm-hmm. for a long time because he basically he just has one directive and he's it's like get out of this house yeah um he feels suffocated within his house which you can kind of see you know Mm-hmm. The feeling of keeping this big part of his life a secret from his brother uh, yeah. ends up intertwining with, you know, all of these other resentments that he has towards his brother and towards Aki-chan. Um, and he's just like, I want to live freely. I want yeah. to be on my own. I want to get <laughs> the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he doesn't... Like, that's why he doesn't want to go to college. It's not any 
particular resentment towards the idea of college. He's just mm-hmm. like, I need, I need to get out freedom. on my own. Yeah. <laughs> I need my independence um, away from other people who have expectations of me and yeah. try to find happiness for myself, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very easy to see how that's intertwined with his personal struggles with, like, you know, his sexuality and stuff as well, which I thought mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. again, like, the way he's written is very, I love him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, again, it's like, there's this weird gap with Toma. Masumi is, um, I actually think, like, her conversation with Aki-chan about, like, you know, her sexuality um, Mm -hmm. and being in love with Futaba is probably, like, the highlight of her character for me. Yeah. Um, I'd agree. That that conversation's very sweet in how it shows how, like, even though Aki-chan's a little clueless and she's not saying the best things, Mm -hmm. um, it ends up getting through to Masumi because of how sincere she is in genuinely mm-hmm. wanting to help. Mm-hmm. Even if she's completely lost as to how to do that, it's like, sometimes, like, that sincerity, that sincere love, um, is the most important thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's an argument to be made, especially for, for people like Akishan, who's outside of the community, doesn't have any kind of personal experience or perspective to give um in regards to like that specific issue but genuinely like wants to help this person and genuinely you know think try is trying their best to do so um is an important thing to show in this sort of series because hopefully queer kids will get support from all sorts of people um, including those outside of the community, and it's always even stuff that is can be like unintentionally hurtful or just unintentionally um, uneducated doesn't mean that they're not trying and they're, they're not putting the effort in, um, which is again really good to see in this particular story handled so well and handled really genuinely. Yeah. Um, but other than, like, that part, I actually, like, I'm not a big fan of Masumi's character as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I find her a little one-note compared to the other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of feels like the crush she has on Futaba is kind of it. Yeah. We don't really see her going through anything else. Um, she's, and she doesn't really change her opinions on it either. Like, she starts out hating herself, and she ends up hating herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is, I think, part of what makes the ending where she ends up with a man, like, more shocking, particularly Uh to uh, queer readers. Because it's kind of like, so she hated herself this whole time, you know? Yeah. Is this, like, the ultimate (laughs) form of, like she hated herself so much that she just decided to settle. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think with with Masumi in particular, there one, there's an issue in that she's not actually that directly linked to 
uh, especially Tai Chi, like his personal story, and thus she doesn't get as much of a focus throughout the series as, you know, Futaba and, and Toma and some of the other characters. Um, and again, all we see is her like feelings for for Futaba throughout the story, and it's sort of because um, it, it's it's mentioned that she previously dated a lot of guys, but things didn't work out, and part of that is obviously because she was using those relationships to kind of quote unquote fix herself or fix her feelings for Futaba, and that kind of I think feeds into this narrative of when when we are reading the story of like why people would think she's um a lesbian versus being bisexual um because because at that point her her current focus her current interest is Futaba and all of the guys that she's dated that she didn't actually have feelings for um didn't work out so she's seen it as like I can never you know, I don't have feelings for guys, and we don't see that process of her being more willing or more able to accept, like, oh, I, it's not that I don't like guys, it's that I don't like these guys because I was hung up on this girl that I liked. Um, so we don't see that process, which is, again, why I think the bisexuality was like, what? Since when? Who? Huh? Um, (laughs) so, I mean, if, if they'd just been, like, you know, to think Masumi is bisexual, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it would have been, like, oh, all right. But um, I think that there's a certain degree of executive meddling going on yeah, that entire epilogue as well. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like Masumi's character is incomplete in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a little disappointing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but in terms of Toma, uh, <laughs> I think he's a much better uh, character than Masumi. Yeah. Um, and, but at the same time, it's still like, there's just a couple areas where it feels like we should be getting more of his perspective. And mm-hmm. part of it is a certain aspect of his character where he is extremely conflict avoidant yes um he is definitely the kind of character to just laugh things off and clam up like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know if in order to avoid an argument he'll just stop talking yeah Um, he's definitely a peacemaker in that he's like he doesn't want to he doesn't want people to be fighting especially not about him so he's just gonna (laughs) avoid that topic entirely Yep, and I think he also, like, at part of his insecurity is that at some, on some level, he thinks that he is the problem in Mm -hmm. any conversation that's about him, Mm -hmm. Um, which just leads him to run away even more. He's like, I don't want to talk about this because (laughs) it'll come out that I'm actually at fault for everything in my life. Yeah, yeah. And... I think it, it's cool to see, like, a bunch of characters with essentially the same insecurities who deal with those insecurities in such wildly different ways. It's yeah. very true to life, I think. Yeah. But it does also lead to Toma sometimes mm-hmm. getting the short end of the stick um, in terms of 
like the progression of his arc and clarifying some things about his character. Um, mm-hmm. If we had more chapters that were from his perspective, um, like we do with Futaba, we get quite a few chapters from her perspective. Mm-hmm. Then I think that maybe that could have been avoided. But as it stands, I, um, you know, it, it's like I described to you the other day. I was like, he feels like this beautiful, like scenic jigsaw puzzle with just two yeah. or three pieces that just weren't in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really weird gap. Like, it feels like there's something there if I could just reach uh-huh. out and touch it, but uh-huh. it's like a mirage. Uh-huh. You know and what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, like, I, I definitely agree that a part of that r- that is because of, like, editorial not wanting this character to necessarily have as much of a focus um, in this shonen romance yeah. Um, I noticed yeah. how long it took for them to actually use the word gay. Yeah. <laughs> um, on reread, this... because, like, the first, you know, the person that you like is, and then, yeah. you know, cut, cut change scene, you know? <laughs> it's like, you're just like me, instead of saying, like, you're gay as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's yeah. only after he gets sort of outed to the whole school mm-hmm. that they finally start saying he's gay he likes tai chi so i'm mm-hmm. like that kind of smells like yeah. some and arguments that... going on behind the scenes <laughs> yeah and at that point it's definitely like well the series is popular enough that we're not going to get cancelled if we say you know the gay word um <laughs> so you can say it now like <laughs> Like it's, for a, uh, or it's for close as, enough to the end that like yeah. fuck it. <laughs> yeah. For as wonderful as this series is, um, it is still a technically a jump title. It is still you know there are still things that th- this is doing that a lot of, like the general magazine would not not want for its audience, and which is sad. But the fact that it did get so popular is is definitely a good sign that, you know, things are changing and we may see more stuff like this, uh, perhaps even better, better handled. Um, it's, it's an interesting one because it's pushed the envelope and, um, to what to expect, uh, like with a lot of stuff, like when we have LGBT characters in any sort of media for all of its problems, you know, what it's been able to do is something of merit, regardless of whether or not you like the series or you agree with all of the series' choices at the end of the day. Like with number six, like with Yuri on Ice, like with, you know, these sorts of titles. Yeah, I think Yuri on Ice is strong. Like, I would recommend that one as mm-hmm. LGBT representation, I think. Yes. Um, but yeah, Blue Flag. It's uh, <laughs> got a couple stumbles, but... Very good. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's there, a really was solid... Was there anything else you No, I think just generally it's a really solid series, especially if you like character-focused drama, if you like well-written characters of all, like, both genders. Um, I think it's, again, if you like re- realistic high school teenagers, um, mm-hmm. it has plenty of that in spades. 
it's not perfect, and I don't think with the limitations it had um, in various situations that it was ever going to be a perfect series, but for what it is, it's pretty dang great. And I think that I would highly recommend it as just a drama. It's, uh, yeah. I think certain parts of the series are some of the best writing that I've seen within a drama series in manga. Mm. Um, certainly some of the best character writing. Um, it's really, really good. Yeah, and I, I yeah. Pers- <laughs> out of the two, out of the two Kaito series that I've read, it's certainly an interesting step for the creator. I think it's definitely helped them improve a lot. Not that cross manage was bad, but I think just paneling like the art artistically, it's just done really, really well. It's a beautiful series in a lot of different ways. And again, that strength of the writing, um, with both humorous and very serious topics, uh, is just, yeah, really, really good. So check it out, support, cool. support Viz and their print release or their digital release. Um, and yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are learning Japanese, I would also recommend picking up the Japanese volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my top recommendations in terms of Japanese practice. So that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so shall we finish out with some can... questions? Yeah. We, and we got a lot. Thank so, you guys so much for your wonderful questions. Yep. All right, so first we've got a few questions from Rin at Mm -hmm. Rin Reads Manga. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one, what did you feel like could have been handled better, especially in terms of the LGBT plus rep? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, We've talked about it. Again, it's um, obviously less ambiguity in terms of Mm -hmm. the ending would have Mm -hmm. been greatly helpful. And I think more Toma chapters, like, Mm -hmm. from his perspective, would have been a big help as well. Yeah, I think anything that would have expanded a little bit more on the personal, um, like, personal stories of Toma and Masami as well would make Mm -hmm. it a little bit easier for some people to swallow the ending. Um, Yeah. But, but again, I, there's... I, I think that's mainly due to magazine and, like, expectations and that, you know, what could and couldn't be shown, done, said. I also think that um, that chapter, that particular chapter, uh-huh. uh, really would have be- benefited from some follow-up. Um, mm-hmm. I I know I was saying, like, it would have been nice if mommy had been in the room because it feels like she would be the most (laughs) the loudest dissenting voice against Kensuke (laughs) in that situation and it's kind of weird that she wasn't there Mm -hmm. um but just like anything you know maybe when Toma and Futaba were talking they talk a little bit about like his identity and that it's okay or Mm -hmm. whatever Mm-hmm. Or he talks about his his feelings about it a little more concretely. Anything at all to like make sure that your points of view that you're offering aren't just antipathy and apathy exclusively. Yeah. 
um, that was a weird choice, and mm. uh, that is what I would change. Mm. Uh, number two is thoughts on the ending and the reception it received. Mm-hmm. So, I think that, like, the sort of criticism or backlash that's related to, like, um, being disappointed with the ambiguity of it, uh, questioning the decision to have Masumi end up with a uh, man, mm-hmm. um, the pacing being kind of abrupt or uh, too quick. Um, I think that's all fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have any issues with those uh, criticisms. I think that people who are like, you know, upset that it ended in a gay way or like saying that Taichi never showed any interest in Toma or, uh, you know, that it's like an SJW conspiracy or something. That's kind of like a bit leery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely the same personally. I didn't really have an issue with any of the aspects of the ending. I, I can 100% understand and sympathize with people who did have issues with it um but ultimately like i for me one of the largest things was that i wanted these characters to end up happy and for the most part the entire part these characters seem to be that and whether or not Mm -hmm. we saw that entire development i don't know if because the thing is like some of this was some of the larger themes was about like making choices that make you happy regardless of whether or not other people understand them or like mm. would make those choices and that's what we see in this epilogue of these characters have made choices that might not seem logical or might not be choices that we would make um but they seem to be happy and that's you know really what you need for your own life like you shouldn't be trying to please anyone else aside from yourself um, and yeah. hopefully your partner or whoever else is in your life. <laughs> that you I care also about. think that, um, I also think it's kind of a continuation of, uh, sort of one of my favorite monologues, um, is I think Tai Chi talking about like, you know, cause the series will have these like poetic, uh, beginnings and endings to chapters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And there was one that was talking about, you know, like, the inexorable passage of time and how, like, you know, before you know it, you're standing on top of a mountain made of decisions you didn't even realize were decisions in the moment. Yeah. Um, And now you just have to kind of, you know, leap onto the next rung. Um, using whatever information that you have now and you never really know like what is this choice going to lead to you know Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is the next mountain of choices that I didn't Mm -hmm. even know I was making going to lead to the ending kind of exemplifies that with like Mm -hmm. you know some characters end up exactly where they said they were gonna end up in high school and plenty (laughs) of other characters are just, like, completely moved on with their life, doing completely different things, not even thinking about high school anymore at all. Which is good, because um, that's how life yeah. works, you know? Yep. <laughs> I I don't think I, about high school very much. <laughs> no, not at all. 
Um, uh, and that's that's something as well. I think is when I I see people disappointed in the ending insofar as like Taichi and Futaba not ending up together. And we talked about this earlier as well. Of like that's that's not how relationships work. Like it's quite rare that people are marrying mm-hmm. their high school sweetheart, especially their first like first real romantic yeah. partner. Um, also, Taichi did marry his high school sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other but, one. Yeah. But, like, it's... It just leads into that realistic, like, yeah, you know, some people, they know what they want to do, they do that, and they're very happy with that. Other people, you know, they're in a totally different situation, they've made totally different choices after high school, and that's, you know, that's life. And it's not inherently wrong or in fact it's it's almost guaranteed to be really healthy if you're not as your yeah. high school self in your 20s. I almost see it kind of as reassuring to maybe the high school audience reading the series cuz mm-hmm. it's like you know these characters are dealing with the crushing weight of having to decide their entire future right now, you know. Yeah. And you know a big conflict in the latter half of the series is that they're all just like they have to focus on entrance exams you know Mm. they can't really think too much about all Mm. of this drama going on in their personal (laughs) lives because they have to worry about entrance exams yeah um but you know seeing them in the future having just you know high school having just been a moment in their lives and Mm -hmm. that they're just kind of making things work day by day um I think that's kind of reassuring when you're a teenager. Yes. To see that, you know, high school doesn't matter all that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I, I remember from my high school days, which was a decade ago now, um, just the, the absolute, in a similar way, just the absolute importance of like, oh, you need to know what you want to do. You need to know, you know, what you want to study. And then that'll be your, you know, your life your life after mm-hmm. high school, you're making all of these choices. And really, nobody is doing... Like, nobody I know is doing what they thought they wanted to do in high school. Um, you know, there's... <laughs> we all, as as teens, have zero yeah. clue what we want in our life. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially occupation-wise. So it's... Mm-hmm. Y- you know, there's... And so when people are like, well, I wish I'd... I knew what these characters were doing, like, job-wise, especially, like, Toma and Taichi, um, and Futaba as well. It Like, it doesn't actually matter. Does it actually matter if we know what they're doing? Not really. Just so, like, because that's, again, like, you're... There's not a necessarily a huge chance that they're going to be doing... I mean, some, again, sometimes... It would be wonderful if Taichi was, you know, in, in game engineering, like, game design... Uh, not video game design, but, like, tabletop and toy design, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's... it's If he found something else he enjoyed more, that that's great as well. And sometimes you're, you're working and it doesn't have to be your passion. <laughs> Just so long as your personal <laughs> life is doing well, that's all you really need. Yeah. I do kind of want to know if he went into toy design, though. <laughs> selfishly <laughs> uh, number three is favorite character and underappreciated characters 
Uh, my favorite character is either Toma or Mommy. Yeah. Probably Toma and then Mommy. Mm-hmm. And underappreciated characters, uh, Tomoe, absolute mm-hmm. goddess queen, <laughs> ten foot tall energy. Like. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, I quite like Yorkie. I, I think mm-hmm. he's a good friend. Mm. I um, I my favorites are basically the exact same as yours. I think those two are definitely handled. I really also I like Tai Chi a lot. Like he he has his mm-hmm. problems and he's struggling, but that I mean, that's being a teenager, and he's he's yeah. very he's very relatable. I think as a protagonist as well. Um, I also under or unappreciated characters or underrepresented characters. I think Aki is a really good character. Like she mm-hmm. she's she's very um I just like her and her energy and she's yeah. trying her damnedest, guys. She might not get it right <laughs> all the time, but she's very genuine with everything that she does and I think that's really nice to see um especially for a character who is um, trying to be a mother figure and is also going to be an actual mother um, and, you know, yeah. there's diff- two different points in her life of now coming into this role um, in a different way yeah. and, and trying to, you know, which is more of herself, which is ultimately, like, they're both her and they're both very important to her. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like Sayo a lot, too, actually. Yeah, I mean, again, um, all of these characters are really great for the most part. <laughs> I was gonna say for like kind of underappreciated characters, um, mm-hmm. and I think that we almost we neglected to talk about her as much as she deserves. But um, Kutaba is a really good character. Um, mm-hmm. She's great. I really relate to her kind of struggles with kind of. I feel like she's the kind of person who, like, she keeps getting told that, like, everyone's got their talents, you know, you're Mm going to find that thing that you love that Mm -hmm. you're really good at, or, like, because you love it so much, you're going to be really good at it, and Mm -hmm. she's finding that she, the thing that she really loves, she's not actually very good at, Yeah, and that realization is heartbreaking, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, you know, Tai Chi, like, knows how much she loves gardening and raising flowers. So when he visits the gardening club, you know, it wasn't Tai Chi. Was it Tai Chi or Toma? Toma? I don't remember. Toma. Toma. But, um, yeah, you know, he knows how much she loves gardening and mm-hmm. that she's in the gardening club. And he's like, wow, are any of these yours? And she's like, yeah, the small one. And the he's, like, looking struggling. at it, and it's, like, yeah, the obviously the one that's, like, struggling the most. And it's, like, <laughs> I don't know how, what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Keep working on um, it. Oh, Fujiwa, yeah. I think, for me, is probably the character, I mean, I'm shades of a lot of these characters, but I think she really was me in high school uh i was probably a bit more outspoken and less shy than she was but she definitely is like whoa man that's my high school experience right there (laughs) like just so yeah i think especially when we're talking about 
um, the main characters, Toma and Taichi, get a lot of the focus, as they deserve to. But mm-hmm. this really is a three-character piece. All three of them yeah. are as important to each other and to the story um, as any singular one. So it's it's kind of... I hope more people do talk about Futaba because she deserves to yeah. be talked about. She's really, really good as a character. I also her. feel like, you know, her meekness and her social anxiety, mm-hmm. obviously very relatable to me. Um, <laughs> I... Yeah, couldn't do anything in front of people in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like people see a character like that, who's like 17 or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like, that's so annoying. That's yeah. so, why can't she just do it? And like, the fact that sh- she seems so happy in like mm-hmm. the epilogue chapter, and the yeah. fact that she's working so hard like throughout the series, it tells me that you know, just like myself, you know, college for me was like getting better and better at public speaking for a lot of it Um, and getting more confident in my speech. Like I, Mm -hmm. stuff that, you know, presenting at symposiums or like, you know, my thesis defense or whatever Mm -hmm. that I did in college is stuff that would have been like on another planet for me in high school. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I would break down before every Mm -hmm. presentation, Mm -hmm. but it's like, life doesn't end with high school, and I feel like it's nice to kind of have a character who, like, has realized that she has these things that are really difficult for her, and she's Mm -hmm. working really hard to change them, but it's also not like she suddenly becomes misconfident overnight. She's still very nervous, and she stutters over all of her words. You know, she's, but she's it's like she's working proactive. towards it, and yeah, you definitely get the feeling that she's, you know, she's gonna get towards where she wants to be, um, eventually. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's she's doing her damnedest to like try and be closer to her ideal, which we find is Toma, um, and then yeah. and it's it's really like reassuring that that she she's aware of what the things she can change and she's aware of the things she can't change. In the first volume, mm-hmm. you have the discussion of, like, oh, Toma's ideal is, like, tall, black hair, black long hair, big boobs, whatever. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, just cross all of that. He wouldn't care about, you know, any of that. He's, he, yeah, he he's not that people. kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was such a cool, like, I guess, landmark for her character, like, when she, or turning point, I guess, when she, Tai Chi's going on about, like, we're gonna go to the same college, mm-hmm. and she's, like, had been thinking on her own, like, trying to decide which college she actually wanted to go to, and she was like, yeah. look, Tai Chi, I gotta be honest, um, I feel like she wouldn't have had the confidence to have that conversation before or she would have been much more swayed by like i want to be with this person who i know Mm. you know um Mm. so yeah yeah lots of great characters (laughs) lots of great characters uh tales at tales of color asks us for our best ship 
which is Taichi and Toma. Yeah, I, I love them. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> I think also, I think Seiya and Akio or Akiko are are really like solid in so far as like a, a relationship that's established. They've been together for a lot of years and like how that dynamic works as well, and, which is nice mm-hmm. to nice to see. Yeah, they're good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, we have stories on shelves at storied shelves asking a couple different questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is how has Kaito's art and or storytelling changed from previous series? I have not read Cross Manage, so uh, go for it. <laughs> I would say <laughs> I'd say probably the biggest difference is that the paneling is a little less um, I guess condensed compared to cross manage and that series obviously as the sports series has a different energy to blue flag i think there's a little bit more consistency in the overall tone with blue flag there's there's been a definite improvement not necessarily in like anatomy or anything with kaito's previous works but as i mentioned earlier like this has a definite different atmosphere to a lot of the other stuff in its genre and it has a definite definite different atmosphere to cross manage because there are two different stories they're telling two different things um and there's almost like a yeah i race at like a, a drama feel to it there's also like a i would say more of a shoujo feel just with paneling and that quiet um there's a lot of sequences where there's no words there's there's nothing being Mm -hmm. said and you just experience it through the the images on the page which is not something that shonen manga does ever if at all yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) like the only (laughs) the only example i can think of is the one chapter of hunter hunter like at the world tree but like usually it's not something that's common commonly done so um yeah yeah i uh uh one scene that i found myself like reading a few times over because i just thought it was so beautifully laid out was um when toma confesses to taichi mhm and just like you know they're facing different directions you know, Toma's looking at Taichi, but Taichi's looking off in the distance. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, the distance between them is emphasized, but then also the closeness between them. We get to see, like, there's, you see, like, the eyes shifting gaze and then what they're looking at, the mm-hmm. shadows on the ground. You feel, like, the evening chill and, you know, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the, the nonverbal storytelling is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's mm. so beautiful. Like, I cannot emphasize enough how beautiful <laughs> Blue Flag is. It's just, <laughs> it's just really good, especially if you are someone who's more familiar with, like, general shonen manga and their art style and like how they set up their panels the type of energy it has it's a nice change of pace yep 
So number two is going to be what aspects of Blue Flag do you feel make it different from other series in similar settings? We kind of just answered that. Yeah. I mean, also, it's nice to have a love triangle that's actually a triangle. It's nice to have a um, a shonen romance that isn't just, like, a harem of girls around one <laughs> guy. <laughs> it's, you know, there's a lot of things here that are yeah. different from the norm. And uh, it's it's well worth also, for that alone. The fact that Futaba feels like a genuine, actual, like, shy girl, and mm-hmm. Mommy feels like a genuine, actual, like, outgoing girl, mm-hmm. instead of, like, weird fantasies mm-hmm. of those two personality types. Yeah, we don't have, uh, we don't have nice. weird tropes of, like, sundares and all of this other shit. <laughs> it's just like, uh, these are actual people who exist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then what are some of your favorite elements or features of Kaito's art style? Uh, like I said about the nonverbal storytelling as well as, uh, again, just the subtlety of expression. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like. the expressiveness is really, like, the facial expression is so beautiful. I, the Kaito draws eyes, like, sometimes the, their eyes are just, ooh, ooh. You can tell everything from just a singular look. But also I really like how well-balanced the, I guess, quote-unquote proper art style and then this chibified um, style is used. It's done really, really well. I was going to say, like, I love Kaito's chibis. They're adorable. (laughs) They're adorable. They're funny. And it's it's always, like, there's never too much of it in the story. It's always done really yeah. well in the moments that need it. Yeah. I love, like, Tai Chi's chibi is really cute, but I think my favorite is that big dumb smile that they give Toma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that just looks like the Walmart smiley face. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Um... Yeah, and then next we've got from Loom Ranma Yasha, at Loom Ranma Yasha, um, who I believe you said you just did a podcast about Blue Flag with them as well. So Yes, so um, check out uh, that. It hasn't been posted yet, but there's a couple different people on there, um, including the letter of the, the print release for Blue Flag, um, which gives a lot of really interesting insight. So check that one out. I will link it in the description once it's been posted. I don't think it's online as of yet. So, yeah. Uh, We've got a very specific uh, localization question with Mm -hmm. a joke where um, they're deciding what to call Futaba because they decided that she's very similar to a hamster. Mm -hmm. So they're like, so she's like a hamster lady? (laughs) so and there's this really weird picture of like a very buxom like superhero lady with like a hamster face like a photorealistic hamster face (laughs) um and it's like well that seems like it would be difficult to translate in a way that makes sense Mm -hmm. and in the japanese um he's like coming up with different names he's like hamuredi which Mm -hmm. sounds like a superhero name in <laughs> Japanese, so that's the joke. 
Um, so I guess the uh, the online like Manga Plus translation that was a simul translation, yeah, uh, just says a hamster lady. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the new translation says Hamra, Queen of Hamsters. <laughs> so we are supposed to choose hamster lady or Hamra, and I am fully uh, in the Hamra camp. I yeah, think that makes more sense as a joke. It it makes more sense. It matches the visuals a lot better, I think. And I mean, that's what a good localization does. It retains the kind of humor of the piece for the audience. Yep. And then also uh, from the same person, we've got in general, what are your thoughts on how the Manga Plus and Viz translations differ? Are there any nuances between them that you feel affects your impressions of the story in any way? Uh, I read the series in Japanese, so. <laughs> I think, like with any simulpub versus, like, print release, there's always going to be some sort of, um, cleaning up of, of translation and localization, because it's hard to get 30 pages of a story out within the hour that Japan has released it, so sometimes, like, consistency, um, little things like that are always good. I think the the way that um, a lot of these characters speak in the... Pr- I, I've only read the first volume in print, obviously, that's the only one that we have out right now, um, but something that really um, made me aware, like, I really noticed was how um, Toma and, and his friends, especially Mommy and the other girls, speak in the print is very like very high school girl like type yeah. um which is a little not as obvious necessarily i mean forgive me i haven't read the the first uh chapter of the simul pub in a long time but it was more obvious to me like this the type of g- girl or character this was meant to be just for again as we said like very clear voices and it's done mm-hmm. really really well with um with that that in the print version i also think the lettering is wonderful just all the (laughs) all of it the background and the you know actual bubbles it's a good job yeah and uh i feel like people assume that when girls talk like valley girls or whatever Mm. uh that that's like a localization choice but like i just no, they they talk like <laughs> teenage girls. They they have a very exaggerated way of speaking in the Japanese mm-hmm. as well. I mean, it feels very real to like how those kinds of teenage girls would talk. But <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> um, also, what's your favorite piece of art in the series? Be it a panel, title page, cover, etc. Uh, I think I would actually go with that sequence that I was talking about where Toma confesses to Taichi. I just mm-hmm. think that it's everything I love about Kaito's artwork there mm-hmm. in a couple pages. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautifully done. I also think that um, Futaba's confession to Taichi at, with the fireworks mm-hmm. at the festival oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is just... Per- again, it's a, it's a wordless sequence but it's completely, like, we know exactly what's happening, and then it cuts between those two, like, amidst the stalls, and then Toma Mm -hmm. and uh, Masumi watching the fireworks alone, waiting for them. It's just, ooh, it's Mm -hmm. so good. (laughs) 
Yeah, we didn't talk about it, but, like, the use of lighting in this mm. series is so good. Yeah. Um, like, dramatic lighting. Uh, I mean, the hamster picture's pretty good, too. <laughs> I really like um, <laughs> all of the little chibi animal versions of themselves that they have yeah! like, at the end or between <laughs> chapters. <laughs> yeah, they're so cute. <laughs> um, all right. So next we have from Chio at underscore Chio underscore. Uh, the ending, though unexpected, was really satisfying for me. The main and side characters had pretty good endings for the most part, but I would have liked to have seen some reference or mention to Toma's goals. Did he start work, baseball, or university? Or were you guys satisfied with the ending for what it is? Or would you have liked the longer chapter to add a bit more detail to the characters' current lifestyles? Uh, they say, I kind of, like, think of it as they've grown older, their dreams and aspirations would naturally changed as well. I mean, Toma just immediately goes into the workforce, so I assume he's just hopping from either he would have stayed in the same trade job or hopped between a few. He mm -hmm. definitely was not starved for options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's friendly, he gets along with everybody, and he's built like a truck. <laughs> yeah like we said i think it ultimately there's there's no real reason to know what they're doing like occupation wise we we get all of the most Im important information with their personal lives and i feel like the the style of like the reveal i guess of you know the fake out of his oh it was toma the whole time wouldn't have worked with a longer chapter either um, you know, if you had to 50 pages or whatever versus the 30, it's just, yeah, I think it, for what it is, and again, you can, there's an argument of, like, whether or not the ambiguity was necessary or was handled well, um, you know, each, each person takes that, um, as their own, like how they handle it. But for me, I didn't have an issue with it. And I was very satisfied with that ending for how it was presented and how it wrapped up the story um, in its entirety and tied those final themes of happiness and of choosing between, you know, lover and best friend um, was done really, really well. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that we've already talked about at length that I would have preferred less ambiguity on, um, or preferred, like, an extra perspective on, but overall, I, uh, I, I was fine with it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the last, uh, two questions are from Scoot at Saki-chan Z2C. Uh, we've got, um, is this a good manga to read since I haven't read it? The answer is <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yes. And then who's your favorite character? Who's your favorite character? Is, uh, yeah, like I said, it's between Toma and Mommy for me. Mm hmm. And I'm the same. Basically, ditto. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, we have come to the end of the podcast. Thank you guys so, so much again for listening to um, this month's topic hopefully we've encouraged you to at least try the series if you um hadn't really heard of it didn't know much about it 
or uh, given you our insight on certain things um, for those who have read it and may have similar or completely different um, takes on the series and different opinions. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of different uh, there's a lot of different uh, ways to take different things in the series. So definitely let us know uh, your own opinions on the series if you've read it mm -hmm. uh, in the comments below, and we'll be happy to get into discussion with you. I'm sure. Yeah, we love your comments and please please give them to us <laughs> next month is in a kind somewhat similar vein we are going to be talking about lgbt manga so manga that is actually about mm -hmm. lgbt themes generally also written by lgbt creators um because next month is pride month um yep. although the world may be burning and events aren't happening <laughs> we, we will still be <laughs> celebrating in our own way um and so let us um, or let us know your questions to the genre, to any particular title, um, anything like that, uh, any particular creator as well. I will, of course, have the Twitter, um, you know, about it. So follow me on Twitter if you are wanting to leave a comment there. Or if you're just interested in my thoughts, you can also leave uh, questions for future episodes in the comments below too. As always, my links to everything are in the description as are Ray's. Please follow her on her channel, Whimsical Pictures, and on Twitter. That it's great. <laughs> if you're not following her, what are you doing? Um otherwise My Twitter is garbage. Definitely <laughs> follow it. <laughs> and so uh with that I think we can see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye till then. Thanks guys. Bye.